Bombs. Bombs what? everywhere. What? <laughs> I love doing these intros. <laughs> that was perfect. Bombs. Bombs everywhere. <laughs> it sounded like a fucking, like a documentary or yeah. like some sort of Netflix documentary. <laughs> that was great. We make our own sound effects here, guys. <laughs> Welcome um, to the show, everybody. I'm Gabriel. I'm Nick. And this is the Life. Liberty. And podcast. 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 <laughs> Three, three podcasts. <laughs> no, I or meant. Do you do... normally say podcasts, and that's what's throwing you off? Yes. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, um, no. Nah, um, thanks for tuning in. We sorry. We're very sorry we missed last week. I was in Colombia, so we couldn't record an episode. So we're a little off our schedule, but we're releasing today. And we're gonna release again next week. Um, but yeah, today we're gonna be talking about fun topics like class warfare. <laughs> and the rail strikes, um, and uh, the local election. Yeah, the the, the, the Georgia runoff and all right. that. Good Make stuff, sure to so. vote if you stop listening. You can stop listening now. That's all you had to hear. <laughs> go go vote. This will be released after the election, but it's fine. Okay, never mind. <laughs> if you didn't vote, get off. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> please. Um, but yeah, so uh, here we are. All tune right, in. tune in. Sequitur, you can't plan non sequiturs. Okay, then, that well. defeats the purpose of being. It's just very sequitur, right? So, <laughs> reminds me of that episode of New Girl where, uh, I think it was like Coach, which was like, "Can you please stop like acting as though we are in the middle of a conversation when we sit down? It's weird." <laughs> that is pretty good. No, how you? How, are we recording? Yeah. How you been, man? I feel like I I feel like I've spoken with you, but I also don't feel like I've spoken with you in a while. Well, it's because we we haven't recorded the podcast in a while. That's true. Hence why we missed an episode. You this were week. in a different country. I was. That is south of this one and west. Let's see if the audience can Vi- guess. West of Venezuela, south of Panama. <laughs> <laughs> I, if they couldn't guess by then, I feel that's that's pretty bad. Um, yes, I was in Colombia for a wedding. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. I had a great time. Yeah, he caught the bouquet. I did. Yes. Is bu- yeah, the bouquet. I don't know what it's called. It's called. It's, it's a wedding bouquet. Am I saying that right? I feel like I'm saying it weird. I don't know. I think it's bouquet. The thing that you catch to see who's gonna get nar- married next. That's what I caught. Yeah, he caught it. And we do. And yes, in Colombia, we do do it for guys as well. I don't know if it's like, I think. West? No, we don't do it in, in the in the West. We're also no, we don't do it in the United States. At least, no, yeah, I don't not think for guys, so. right? Yeah. Um. So I caught it. Actually, I don't know. I I think maybe. I mean, I don't think there's a standard well, way of doing it, but I yeah, I, there isn't. I remember at my the last wedding I was at, I actually think there was hmm. something like that. Uh. But oh. was it the bouquet? Because what they did is they like, you know, put it up the wife's like the newlyweds oh no i don't do shit like that and then they take it out with their mouth only That's like weird. instead of the hands who does it the husband okay oh okay that's what i say <laughs> it's a little sad. yes just the <laughs> it seems a little bit like prima nocta yeah <laughs> you know what prima nocta is no prima nocta was this old law that back when um that kings and like lords would uh execute uh they wouldn't execute people. Sorry, they would. Ex- they would. What's the word I'm looking for? 
execute the law, whatever it is, where uh, the night before they, uh, like a newlywed couple in their like parish or whatever it is, in their their county, right? I'm just going to use in their area that they were lord over, right? Right. Got married. uh, The lords would be able to have sex with the bride um, before the husband did. What? Can you, can do you see how fucked up with that? That is, (laughs) do you see how fucked up that is? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I own everything, including your, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's super fucked up. And I, I mean, I don't, I, be honest, I don't really know that much about it. I only know about it from like watching the movie Braveheart, but it was definitely a real thing and super fucked up. And, uh, it's kind of weird when you think about it. Cause, uh, in the Avengers age of Ultron, right. In this the is... scene where they're keep going in the scene where they're, <laughs> they're all trying to pick up, uh, Thor's hammer. Right. And, uh, Tony Stark walks up and he's like, so I become the ruler of Asgard. If I pick this up, and Thor's like, yes, or something like that. And then he's like, Tony Stark walks up to it and was like, you know, his charming self. He's like, I will be reinstituting Prima Nocta. And I'm like, I'm sure that's like funny if you don't think about it that much. <laughs> but then you that's think about no it. Because no one knows what it is. <laughs> what? Because no one knows what it is. Is it? Is it even funny if you say like, if you say just random Latin, Latin words, I feel like it's funny if you think about it in the sense of like, it's a oh very man, archaic. He's the playboy. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you think about it, like, oh, it's this little archaic sort of thing. But then you think about it, you're like, that's kind of fucked up to say. It is. It's kind of like. I mean, Tony Stark isn't the best uh, human being in the world. Yeah. But I mean, it's not definitely not a consensual sex. So, I mean, it's basically, is it not rape? Basically, uh, so are you saying Iron Man is a potential rapist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's just a weird <laughs> joke. It's not anything. I feel like I'm saying sure they, they thought about it for two seconds and then moved on. It's it's like it's barely better than saying I'm gonna bring back like religious executions. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> for jokes people like of that a too. different faith, <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the fuck, Iron Man. <laughs> Anyways, I think they were they were they were betting on the fact that no one knows what the fuck that word meant. How did we get back to prima nocta? How were we talking about it? Because you're talking to me. I was talking about how I caught the bouquet, bouquet, whatever oh, the yeah, fuck yeah. you say that word. Sorry, I, I knew you were bouquet. talking about the thing, the the garner. Like. But anyway, so yes, Anne and I are gonna get married. <laughs> It is now official according to the I don't the know if you want to put that on the pod. What if it doesn't happen? Not not that I don't want it to happen. <laughs> not that I think there's a high probability of it happening. But, you know, <laughs> life is crazy. You know? Life is crazy. There's been many instances. Like, you know, the not chance of you getting cr- crushed by a giant boulder is low, but never zero. <laughs> um, yeah, we saw a, a little um, <laughs> meteor hit the Atlanta. Really? Like not actually, but like we saw, we definitely saw some. Like we were driving down I eighty five towards Atlanta, and we just see like this burst of flames, just like, and then just fall next to the bridge that we were on. Uh huh. Like what the fuck was that? And then later on, we saw like there was like meteor showers and stuff that night. So it's like we think it might have been it, (laughs) but I feel like. I feel like it didn't. It burned up before it hit the ground because I feel like if it hit the ground, it would have caused damage, and then it would have been on the news or something. 
Uh, like, yeah, probably. Well, yeah, that's how those things work. So I think it burned up literally like right above the ground, like a hundred feet up above the ground. Bro, and we just have to see that. Don't tell me about that stuff. I, I already find our existence completely terrifying. <laughs> I, it is absolutely <laughs> fucking bewildering that anybody is, is calm and collected at any point in their lives, when you just think about the fact that... That's why you don't think about it. I'd, it's impossible <laughs> for me to not think about it the moment that you bring it up. Like, it is so hard for me to not think about it the moment that I become aware of it again. I wish I could. Your mind... You really need to have control of your mind better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding the reins to this horse. I'm not even sure there are reins. Anyways. That's fair. What are we talking about? We're talking about... Oh, well, yeah. Well, you're talking about politics. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking about politics, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing a YouTuber react <laughs> to what you have to say. We can't even see you, so you can't even see the reactions. <laughs> it's just audio. It's like... Mm. Oh, they're just gonna hear hungry oh noises. <laughs> I'm very hungry right now. Yeah, I'm kind of hungry too. But you want to grab uh, dinner after? Well, I wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh after, but we'll. You want to grab dinner after? All right. After anyway, <laughs> um, so <laughs> okay, so um, before we get into politics, mm-hmm. do you think I can run a half marathon? How much is a half marathon? It's 13 point something miles. 13.2? 13.1? How much is a, ma- a marathon? Is 26.4, right? Or 2.2? Something. I only know what it's ca- where the name came from. I don't really know anything else about it. It's about 26 miles. Do you know so where the name marathon came from? It's about 13 miles. Yes, I know where the name came from. Where the name came from? Because the guy named Marathon r- tried to run to send a message and he died. So they named the marathon after him. Oh, okay. All right. Just testing it. Yes, I saw the Twitter meme. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, half marathon. Do you think you could run a half marathon? <laughs> Fuck no. I can't even run... Uh, 5K? No, I certainly can't run 5K. <laughs> I can't even run a mile. I'm so bad when it comes to cardio, it's oh, not really? even fucking funny. Interesting. I'm I'm a good... I can walk far. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can walk them. You don't have to run them. Well, are you saying can you... First of all... Well, yeah. I, I'm saying run a half marathon. Isn't that kind of a weird premise? Like someone... You died doing something, and so like... That's named after you? See, I knew you were going to comment on it. I was surprised you didn't do it earlier. <laughs> It's kind of like if someone died from like eating hot dogs and they just instead of calling it a hot dog eating competition, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna do a Clark. <laughs> well, I guess that's not that weird of a concept. Yeah. I thought that'd be funnier in my head. So because this, people this joke kn- has been done on Twitter many times, Nicholas. So. I don't have Twitter. Um <laughs> people name they people call like, Oh, he's doing a Becca, right? Or they, I guess people regularly do that whenever someone like fucks up something they call it like whoever their closest friend that fucks up yeah like anyways uh can you run a half marathon like run the entire thing the entire thing yeah non-stop yeah no walking no no crawling no no sliding (laughs) after training of course of course anybody after training that's like oh but do you think like i would have the capacity and the will to do it 
Yes, of course. Okay. You have you yes you you already do a sport that requires running. I guess that's true. And you already you're the type of person who is capable of like being single minded about stuff. Got it. Okay. It's not like my brain where it's like I will get bored of it by the end of the day. Yeah. Anna really wants me to do a half marathon with her, so that's why. Oh, with her? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can. Your woman, she drives you. She does. You you're very motivated by that. <laughs> it's one of your few you know you have unleaded you have unleaded gasoline <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> politics is your unleaded gasoline okay that's your just standard motivator for you <laughs> then you have premium the good stuff <laughs> i think that's it. your girlfriend motivates you she's that's 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 a different type of motivation Jesus motivational Christ. fuel <laughs> All right, let's get into politics. Why did you ask me that out of the blue? Oh, just because of that? Yeah. Yeah, but why are you asking me? I don't know. We, <laughs> we just want to know your opinion. We? <laughs> Anna also wanted to know if I, if I thought you could do it? Yeah. <laughs> of course I think you could do it with training. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you can just do it straight out. But no. That's a less interesting question. So. All right. Go ahead. Tomorrow's the day. What is what's tomorrow? What's the happening? Fucking runoff. And I'm tired of these goddamn runoffs. <laughs> I want this to be over, Nicholas. Do you understand? Over. What what are you getting stressed at work or something? Yes, and it's also just like it's just so annoying. It's like why are we doing a whole other ass election for something we already voted on? And I get that the reason Okay. I I, I do like the oh, fact Oh, I'm also sorry. Um I'm gonna start sitting up because last episode i was listening to a bit of it and oh my goodness i sounded i was breathing the entire time <laughs> i was the yeah, entire your breathing comes in and out sometimes. i was like i was like did i just like sprint or something like did i just do wind sprints like why am i breathing then i realized i'm just fat i would i would edit that out but that would take too much time no that i would wouldn't take expect too much that of effort you. no it's but yeah the um Runoff with Warnock versus Walker is tomorrow. I swear to God, if the state elects fucking Walker as our senator or one, I'm just gonna give up on everything. Like, hide your women, <laughs> right? Jesus That's one Christ. of those things. Yeah, Disney. He's like an abuser of yeah. some sort. Abuser, um, yeah, domestic abuser. That's so sad. That, and it's is it? I don't. I'm actually not familiar with like. Is it like? Charged? He's like been charged with it, no. or no? He's not been charged. No. Um, they just have interview. I don't. I mean, maybe he was charged. I don't know, cause like there's old interviews of his wife talking about it, like before he even decided to run and stuff. So like, but I don't know if it's like it's if not he ever like went they to got court witnesses or anything. coming out of the woodwork for this particular campaign. I mean, they have a few. They had a couple, like three or four, and then they also had a couple people talk about him telling them to get abortions even though supposedly he believes that abortion is terrible or some shit um but yeah he's just such a terrible candidate and person and i just want this to be over because the negative campaigning is so annoying at this point i think everyone's annoyed but it looks like warnock's gonna win anyway so really why Um, is that based on the numbers um warnock as in the democrat is what I'm saying. What? Yeah. Yeah. 
So based on the numbers, I was looking at the numbers recently, and like it looks like the early voting numbers are looking better for him than they were in November, mm-hmm. and he still won by in that election. So Walker would have to outperform during the election day tomorrow in order to um, overcome that uh, difference. So he's probably not going to be able to overcome it, which means Warnock is probably going to win. All the polling shows that he's between four, about four points ahead of Walker. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a close race, but it looks like Warnock's going to win. I'm not. I'm not gonna like. Well, it uh, sounds like I don't have to show up then. You guys got this one in the bag. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who's been saying like I don't know if we're gonna win or not because historically speaking, runoffs are always better for Republicans, and plus, no one wants to turn out in this one. But the thing is, Walker's such a bad candidate that Republicans also don't seem to want to turn out for him. I've even, I've seen those billboards around that it's like. Republicans like I'm a Republican. I'm not voting for Herschel Walker. Yeah, and that's like here. Yeah, you know which I don't. He's he's pretty wherever we wherever we are. Is it red, blue? I mean here, yes. I mean it we're we're on the edges of blue, and we're like on the purple area right now. Oh, okay, but um, yeah, e- north and east and west. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did the same thing. E- uh. Wherever we are. <laughs> so the, the the exterior parts of the county we're in, in the north, west, and east, those are all very Republican. Oh, but okay. the more you go towards the central, the south part, it's a lot more Democrat. That makes so, sense. So, like, um, I think a lot of suburban voters are also kind of meh on Walker because of all of that, especially women, suburb- uh, suburban women. Right. Um, so that seems to be his weakest point. So, yeah, I think it's going to probably go to Warnock, but I think it's going to be close, and I don't want to guarantee anything because anything could happen, and we don't want to have fucking this man, this fucking man as a senator. But um, honestly, that's the least interesting thing I wanted to talk about because what I really wanted to talk about was that railroad strike. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> Well, Nicholas, you'd be, you would love to hear. <laughs> I would love to hear. <laughs> I would love to read anything about it, but I've turned off the news because it upsets me. I'm sorry to inform you. <laughs> what? So, Biden. Okay, here's what I hear. I'll I'll save you a little bit of time. So I did hear that uh, they essentially rejected, or the strike rejected the proposal by Congress, which was just for seven sick days. Um. Yeah. No. It was less than that. It was less than seven. It was one. One. <laughs> one sick day. So okay. So let me tell you the whole story. The whole time. Uh, so this is what happened. So they were they were they rejected the original contract a few months ago. Biden stepped in, negotiated a new contract, and they rejected that and threatened to strike. Biden and the administration pressured them to be like, "All right, I'll delay your strikes after the election for obvious reasons." So. They delayed the strike, and then they d- voted again. They rejected it again. And now they're trying to make it illegal or something like that? Yeah, so in the Biden proposal that they gave was, like, no sick days or one sick day, I think. Something like that. So they rejected it again, and then b- the Biden administration, I think it was, like, the secretary of, I don't know, some guy called on Congress to be like, all right, we're going to have to force these motherfuckers to take the contract. So, essentially, what Congress did is they forced the union, the workers, to accept the contract, even though they voted against it, and without the sick le- the paid sick leave. And they made it illegal for them to strike, and if they do strike, then all the unions are um, liable for being sued by the railroad companies. 
Really? Yes. They can do that, and they just passed it. Ah! <laughs> oh, this place fucking sucks, dude. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. They that's like, oh, I... Completely I've, fucked over the workers. I mean, I don't want to say that's, that's slavery. It's not slavery, but... It's authoritarianism. It's authoritarian... It, yeah, you're forcing people to work under a certain standard, and you're saying you have no control over that standard. Yeah. And any sort of representation that you have, like, sure, you can say quit, but it's just like someone's got to do that work, right? Yeah. Those people, that's what they know. That's incredible. Yeah. Good God. How do. <laughs> Why is so, it more shit on fire? <laughs> <laughs> so, the one thing that seems to be a big. A problem right now is that so the union leadership their strategy which mm -hmm. was a fucking awful strategy so what the democrats did in, in the house is they separated two they made two different bills they made one bill that was the biden biden one which is you gotta go back to work strike is legal no paid no paid leave at all so what the other one okay. was with the seven days pick paid sick leave that they asked for so they passed both bills right but because they separated it, it was super easy for the Senate to just vote against the one with the paid sick leave. So the, 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 the craziest part about the one with the paid sick leave is that a majority of the senators voted for it. 52 senators, including six Republicans. But because it was an amendment, or I don't even know what the fuck the ruling was, but for whatever reason, the bill had to get 60 votes in order to pass instead of just a ma simple majority. So even though the paid sick leave got a simple majority in the Senate, it still didn't fucking pass. So then they passed the other one with, um, without the paid sick leave. No, that makes, I mean, honestly, it makes sense. Cause like, what is it? They're voting on a contract. Yeah. First of all, why is Congress voting on that? It doesn't make any because I think the railroad because I think the railroad companies are such an instrumental part to the economy of the country oh, yeah, yeah. that they can like that makes sense oversee that. But good God, that is so fuck. I mean, it makes sense that they, it requires like they because it's not just legislation. This is like Congress voting on capitalism direct. And <laughs> so it's just like no, you don't just have to get a majority. You have to meet some fucking arbitrary. <laughs> arbitrary majority that uh so who set up who who set that up it was an accidental thing like it wasn't even uh i think it was fuck i'm it was it was in the early 1800s under james no thomas jefferson's presidency or was it after or james madison i think it was under james, james madison, madison i think was the second president no he wasn't that was john adams oh edit that out <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. It was in Sorry, the, I get those guys confused. It was in the early 1800s, and the person in the Senate was, like, redoing all the rules. Yeah. And, like, he made this rule where, like, you can't, um, to end debate, you have to have 60 votes in order. Just out of, like, it wasn't meant to be what it is today. It was, I don't remember what the reason was, but it was just a random, very, very niche thing. Mm -hmm. And it was so niche that people didn't even start using it until like the 1830s or 40s. So like it wasn't even used for the first 30 years that it existed. But once people found out you could exploit it in a certain way to stop legislation, and then they started doing that. Really? Wait, does that, that applies for everything? Anytime Congress votes on something, the, it has to be 60 votes or? To st so yeah, so the way it works is like, um, in order to end debate on a bill, you have to get 60 votes, right? Mm -hmm. So if you never end debate, you can't vote on it. 
so that way it's a way of stopping any bills from being voted on and and therefore that um, bill is just not going to pass because there's no vote on it and they've had and people started exploiting that when in the 1830s and 40s and it's also traditionally been used to you know go against civil rights legislation and all that um of course as (laughs) as usual (laughs) in this country um so it's a really archaic um random rule that wasn't even meant to be what it is today but people say it's like this like tradition but it really isn't it's just a way to exploit the system and uh continue to have corruption so there's no real reason to have it other than because it benefits the people in power damn so yeah, so, so they did. They're trying to make it illegal to strike, or is it illegal? It's, to strike? It is illegal now. They passed it. So what does that? So what does that actually mean when they say it's illegal to strike? Like, are those guys? So they're criminally liable. No, no. So what does like the railroad workers striking means? I'm employed by this company, but I'm refusing to go into work. Yeah. I guess why don't they a I guess too many of them are currently striking, so they can't fire them all because that would be, like, what, incredibly hard to replace them? Yeah. Okay, so they're saying you guys cannot collectively decide not to do it. Right. Or what? I mean, it's basically just they're criminally liable and... They're criminally liable? So, like, if they don't go to work, they could get arrested? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Wow, I don't know. Though. I have actually no. Don't don't quote me on that because I don't know for sure. Okay. The only thing I know for sure is that the unions in general uh-huh. are liable one hundred percent. So, oh my god! So then they could just get sued. Yeah. And then all that strike fund money goes, that they probably have yeah. goes to the companies. Yeah. Why do? Wait. So when they say it's illegal to strike, is it for this particular instance yeah. of striking, or is it? forever from that from railroad workers no it's just for this specific negotiation and contract uh, but, but they can't really but they've already forced the contract on them so like they essentially this contract is now binding so their contract is i don't know how long the contract is for is that contract is their contract for the next couple of years however long the term is for so they there's no real they can't really strike for some for no reason you know, like it's kind of hard to. I don't know the details and specifics about it, so it's kind of hard to see how they can get around it. But I have a feeling that no matter what they try to do, they're gonna get the good old capitalist arm of the government oh on them. God. <laughs> oh my god, this place sucks so fucking hard, dude. It's for seven se- paid six days, by the way. So. I know that's r- okay. Which originally they called for fifteen, by the way. Bernie Sanders introduced seven as a compromise. <laughs> So when it's like seven sick days, it's seven sick days, but not, that doesn't count like vacation days, right? Yeah, but they don't have vacation days. They don't have vacation days? I don't think so. Gabriel, <laughs> let me look at it. <laughs> let me let me let me let me look this up. Do railroad workers have? Va- I mean, if they don't have sick days, I highly doubt they have vacation days. Get PTO. Let's see. Okay, it seems like they do get. They get some. Yeah, it looks like they do get some. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, otherwise, why argue over the sick days? Yeah. Like, it's because they don't want it cutting in. They probably are forced to use PTO. For six days, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. for sick days. That is monstrous. How do these people sleep at night, man? It's like 
I'm starting to develop like weird conspiracy theories. Like I don't believe in lizard people, but I do genuinely believe that these people have like they're they're like a subspecies <laughs> that have like a different type of brain. You know, they have like more of a lizard brain, more like cutthroat, you know, like more fucking ruthless and animal. Well, I think in order to have power, you have to a lot of people go through that in order to get the power. I know, but it's just like, how do you even temper that side of yourself? Like, I don't even consider myself the most empathetic human being and I have qualms with this. So I don't even see how like people just, I don't know. I don't know how you can do something like that. They just don't uh, give a fuck about because the thing is is like no matter what at the end of the day the people who they work for is the people who have money right Mm -hmm. because that's who gives them the money to win campaigns so they're always going to go with them because of pressure from them now in this case with the house the union leadership is a little bit at fault as well because they went with a strategy that was awful what's the strategy well they told all the progressives to vote for the bill that didn't have paid sick leave as a compromise to so like I said earlier, they separated the two bills in the house, right? So they mm-hmm. had one with paid sick leave, one without. And like, what was the other one without? It's the one that passed, which is the the one I, that is legal now, which is legal strike forces the contract on them without any paid sick leave. Okay, so the non sick leave one is not one that they're even remotely interested in. Like, there's no benefits to it. No. Well, I mean, they do get pay raises in it, which is part of the deal that Biden negotiated in the first place. Oh, okay. So they well, do get pay raises. That's good, at least. Yeah. Um, but the paid sick leave was the main thing they wanted and they didn't get it in that one. The other bill did have the paid sick leave. So the union leadership recommended the progressives to vote for both of them as a compromise for them bringing up the one with the paid sick leave. Because the people who wanted the one without paid sick leave said, we'll only let you vote on this one if you vote for ours. Right? So that's why they voted for both of them. But a lot of people are criticizing them for that strategy because they basically helped pass what we ended up got getting, which is uh, what we have now right. without the paid sick leave. Uh, I agree that that was a terrible strategy, but unfortunately, our leadership is idiotic, so they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, so when you say progressives, who 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 is that? Is that the Democrats? No, there's a Congressional Progressive Caucus that's like, I think like 60 or 80 people in the Democratic Caucus. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, they have enough votes to withhold to, like, be like, all right, if you don't do this. But, like, they're so weak and so toothless that it doesn't really matter anyway because they just do whatever the fucking Democrats tell them to do anyway. Really? Yeah, they're fucking they're fucking useless. <laughs> you got to get in there, man. You got to shake things up. Yeah. Oh, apparently the new, the youngest, uh, the first Gen Z congressman, have you heard of him? I've heard something. I've heard Maxwell tell Frost. What? Maxwell Frost. Oh, that's a cool name. Yeah, so he was ele- he's from Orlando. He's elected. He's like he's a my Florida. He- yeah, they breed progressives down there. <laughs> I didn't think it was within their genetic capability. Oh, I know, right? It's crazy. I thought they just, <laughs> you know, they had their 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 genome is is X Y and X X G O P. You know, they still have some people there, but yeah, the um, he's the first Gen Z. He's twenty five, so he's our age. And wow. um, I have accomplished nothing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I continue. <laughs> <laughs> and like one of his first tweets as a congressman was like, hey, I'm up in D.C. Who wants to duel? And and then it's like dot, dot, dot. And yes, I'm talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I'm like, I was hey. hoping he meant pistols. <laughs> 
All right. Time to enact. What? Oh, I here's something that kind of relates to politics. I found out about a position called the Master at Arms. Have you heard about that? I have. Isn't that in the military or something? No. Well, I I may I hold on. Let me let me Google it. Make sure I'm saying the right title. Oh. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> that's that's we both <laughs> <laughs> Go so, ahead. So the original reason the filibuster was made was because so there's this thing called a previous question in in um, Robert's rules where you call the previous question of like what you're voting on and you only need a simple majority to like end debate be like all right we're going to call the previous question so we're ending debate and then you need a simple majority but the senate in in 1806 they used it so little that they just decided to get rid of that rule because they didn't need it supposedly and that's what opened the door for the filibuster because then they're like oh well now we don't have to have a simple majority to end debate. Oh, okay. So that's what people are talking about when they say get rid of the filibuster. Yeah. It's basically to reinstate the previous question rule uh, just, in the you Senate. You just need to say, okay, I never understood that whenever people were like, uh, we need to get rid of the filibuster. I was like, people getting up and reading and talking forever, that's really that big of an issue? I didn't know that that was affecting things so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, but it's kind of confusing that two things are called this. Two things are both called filibuster. What? What's the other thing? There's filibuster, right? That sixty, right? Rule. That's what you're talking about, correct? It's the same thing. What are you talking about? How is it the same thing? So one the, is one is a limit that you have to hit with votes. The other one is an action of someone getting up and continuing to speak. No, I mean, that's if, the same thing. So like, it says. So the whole point of a filibuster is that you need sixty votes to end debate, right? If you don't get those 60 votes, then whoever's on the podium can keep talking for as long as they want. That's why you got the people just kept talking endlessly and endlessly, because you need a certain amount of votes to basically force them to stop talking. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. So I, you're basically stopping something from getting passed because you're talking for so long, and because you don't, they don't have the votes to stop this person from talking. They can basically continue to talk until the... People who want to pass the bill give up, and then the bill doesn't pass. Can they just try again tomorrow? Yeah, but then they can just filibuster again tomorrow. And keep trying, motherfucker. <laughs> keep trying. See whose willpower breaks up. Yeah. Yes! Like, but it wastes so much time. That's the problem. Kill the... <laughs> <laughs> nah. So yeah, that's get rid the, of that as an... That's well, the filibuster. No. That's the oh, filibuster. Okay. So, okay. All right. It's now the same I, thing. Okay, now I get it. Right, so... Let's let's apply this to this current example, right, with the union. They didn't achieve 60 votes. Right. So they weren't able to get rid of that guy. There Was there a guy up there speaking so forever? So they changed the rules recently in modern times. You don't have to do that anymore. You have to talk forever? No. You can no, just... No! <laughs> that was like the one thing. What is this? What's <laughs> happening? This country is unraveling at the seams. So, yeah, you don't have to talk forever anymore. You can just say, all right, are we going to keep debate or not? And they don't have to have anyone on there. And if they don't have the 60 votes, then the bill just dies and just doesn't go anywhere. Oh, my God, dude. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. But good Lord. They just uh, – anyway, let's think. <laughs> what, uh, the thing I was talking about was called sergeant at arms, and it's a position. And apparently you can hit congressmen if you're that person. What? There's, like, something where, like, sergeant at arms is, is like – he's, like – it's, like, a doorman of sorts, but for the – for the Senate or the mm. Congress or whatever the fuck. And, 
Um, Chief Law Enforcement Officer and Protocol Officer of the Sergeant at Arms enforces all rules of the Senate. And um, I just remember seeing at some point that you can, like, fucking hit people. And I was like, and there was, like, one instance of, like, a Sergeant at Arms, like, shooting the president. Oh, really? Not, sorry, not shooting the president. Sorry, I was just reading this thing. It said president. Can Sergeant Arms, mm-hmm, interesting. I'm just going down a core rabbit hole. Yeah, but he can bonk people with his big, with his big, uh, his big stick. No, he literally has a like a, like a bald eagle, uh, staff. <laughs> Not even kidding. That's ridiculous. C Argent. There's so many archaic things about our political system. It's ridiculous. We really need to update this shit. This is why I support a constitutional convention. Did you know we can do that? Yeah, we I talked, talked about, about it before. This. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, I I reinvented it. Yeah, you I did. came up with another fucking stellar idea <laughs> that our country has gone, uh, has gone and sent. Went. We don't need this. The, see, there's his big stick. Do we have a modern picture though? A modern picture? Yeah. I mean, they're not as interesting. It's just those like little portrait things that they do have everybody who fucking is a, a political officer. Oh, okay. I got it. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that was fun. Um. So back to the topic at hand. <clears throat> so everyone sucks. Fuck Biden. Fuck the Democrats. Fuck the Republicans. Uh, fuck all of them. Is that where we just? Is that where we're? we're is that where we're going? <laughs> I'm just trying. Vote to for try. Warnock. <laughs> vote for Warnock, please God. He didn't even vote because he was campaigning. So he didn't even vote in that. Bill. Warnock didn't vote. No, because he was here campaigning. How does that work? You don't have to be there all the time. You just need a quorum. That's what quorum is for. What are you saying? What's <laughs> quorum? Quorum is the minimum amount of like elected officials you need in order to have make votes happen. So it's like a set amount. Oh, didn't even vote on the the union bill. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like in his own oh. election. <laughs> I was like, dog. That's how you what lose. You doing? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't vote on the union bill. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that bitch, would. that motherfucker. That's like the one thing that matters. Even though I didn't really keep up with it, <laughs> but that's the one thing that matters. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the reason he didn't go vote is because he it was a contentious issue and he wanted to have a controversial thing Man, when he's running. What a fucking flawed ass system, dude. They should just put me. Our in politicians office. are cowards, my dude. What I know, I know, but it's just like it. Came, it almost seems like a, like a just a dead subject at this point it's just like all political discussions all every episode that we have <laughs> that's a political episode ends up with you being hey guess what happened that fucking sucks <laughs> hey uh okay we can bring some positivity into the room here here's a here's a story about the republicans uh fucking you know twiddling their or no was it like spinning their their mustaches in a very evil like way they ha- they've tied some woman they've tied some woman to the railroad tracks and the democrats uh they just they're trying to figure out well, which how do we untie the knot do we cut it do we unravel it do we untie it do we burn it they just and then they didn't do anything and the, the <laughs> republicans killed the lady on the train tracks that's actually how most of these go where it's like the republicans being evil again in some form or fashion right and then the democrats a fucking like acting as though they have they're like as though their shoelaces are tied together (laughs) 
in in political matters and then uh now i'm like well, why isn't there like some sort of like progressive and it's because like because the progressives are toothless and it's just like okay then what is the point <laughs> What is not the, all how the do progressives you even, are how toothless. do you not all the progressives are toothless the okay. squad is good Bernie is good they have there's a few senators in there I mean like how do you keep motivation <laughs> because I know I can change it it's ego <laughs> <laughs> it's ego we're gonna be saved by the son of God himself was killed and crucified. Yeah, what hope do you have? <laughs> I suppose so. He did start a whole religion. <laughs> yeah, your only hope is to get crucified. In fact, Gabriel. I think his death has helped really helped significantly in creating that religion. Oh, I, yeah, you're spo- I suppose you're right. But um, nothing is more is nothing is stronger than a martyr, which is why we can't kill Trump. Why would we? Exactly, it'd be a, a waste of a grave. <laughs> Instead, kill someone like. I don't know. Elam? <laughs> nah, he is too popular now. It has to be someone it has to be someone who's like shitting on the Do world. You think so? Okay, let's actually talk about this. It has to be someone who's shitting on the world so badly but no one cares about them enough to where even if they die it won't be. Like it'll be kinda like the most significant person you could kill without getting like a big like mob in backlash about it. You know what I mean? Probably like like I don't know. I guess no one cares about Jeff Bezos that much. Uh, but he's not that bad. It needs to be someone who's like really pulling the nah, strings. Nah, he would I feel like he would have a some sort of like like they don't he's not cool, but I mean I see him on like he's part of like that rise and grind culture. Like you always see his like picture and shit like that. He, him, Mark Maybe Zuckerberg. I shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> I know it's this kind is, of a heavy subject to this talk about. This is a thought experiment. I promise I in don't In a video want. game. In a video, in a video game. game. Exactly. We're in the metaverse. In a video game. <laughs> this is just a thought experiment. I have no real intentions Okay, of let's say anyone. arrest. What? Let's say arrest. Okay, fine. Arrest. Arrest and throw in jail. Throw away the key. There and you go. get shifted to death in, in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Guillotine? No. Um, and, and by arresting, I mean we throw him in jail, which is ooh, jail is just a giant pit. The chair of the Federal Reserve. <laughs> what? The chair of the Federal Reserve. Who is that? I don't know. I don't even know his name, but he's I don't an think asshole. he is known. Exactly. Oh, no. he The chair is, yeah. Uh, did you know the? I think the Federal Reserve, did you know it's a private institution? Yeah, it is. Did you not know that? I did know that. I was wondering if you knew that. I knew that too. Okay. I've known because I remember one person, one of our cousins randomly putting me to a side when I was like 12 and be like, the Federal Reserve is evil and you should know all about it and the Rothschilds owned them. And I was like, Gabriel, that was <laughs> that was me time traveling. <laughs> be aware of the Federal Reserve. Yeah. So like ever since then, I'm like, okay, apparently the Federal Reserve is low-key important. <laughs> oh, yeah, low-key. Um, I mean, it's just the problem is no one knows about it. And it's funny because uh, like – in the early progressive era, like in the early 1900s, people were actually very aware of that, of like monetary policy. Like, you know, how the gold and the gold debate was big yeah, in the time. Yeah, because paper money had just been invented or some shit like that. No, it, it wasn't It's like just Bitcoin. Invented. It wasn't just invented. I know. I was a joke, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's hard to tell with you. But um, <laughs> either way, I feel like people were a lot more informed about that stuff back then. But now no one is like, because I feel like the Federal Reserve has become kind of like this shadow institution. It's like, oh, well, they just do, they're just an objective. It's like, 
actually it's very related i want to talk about this because it's very related to the topic of like the 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 movement to make economic theory and like financial finances finance and all that like an objective thing even though it isn't do you know what i'm talking about uh i mean maybe i i know i certainly experienced at uga well where they they don't really talk about uh economic theory as though it's a theory yeah well yeah as though it's more of a hypothesis because if you take it if i remember in fifth grade (laughs) when they were like (laughs) hypothesis is things a hypothesis is a conjecture right but it's something that's untested whereas a theory is a theory right theory is not absolute but it's more absolute because if your experiment is conclusive in a certain way right right? and validates your hypothesis um i don't know how much of economic theory is but i know that it's heavily limited by the fact that you can't create uh you can't create an experiment yeah exactly because it's unethical so you can call it a theory but i don't think it's the same sort of like validity and like certainty right. that you have on so i want to know your yeah. thoughts on this i'm interested to hear what you think so like basically like there's a difference between economics as a as a science versus like something like physics or like chemistry right yeah it's not a hard science it's a social science right yeah it's like psychology you know it's not or sociology it's like yes there is science science behind it and yes there's a lot of logic behind it and i'm not saying it's completely wrong or anything but it's also not a hard science in the sense that you can physically see like the chemicals like in chemistry or can calculate the exact momentum of something through gra- through the you know gravitational force or something like that it's not like gravity is a law it's a law of gravity but yeah. economic theory there's no laws in economic theory um as far as i'm aware i mean unless there is some but i don't know of any no I, well there's like there's a, there i mean there's assumptions right. i don't know I don't know the proper terminology, right? I don't know the, the semantics behind like yeah. what is what is actually said, but it's always assumed that someone will make the most rational decision. Yeah, and that's a terrible. That's that's not an accurate assumption. And also, like it's not an economic accurate theory assumption. Is the whole point is the mo- I feel like the whole point of the economics is a, is to model things, to have a general idea and suggestion of where things are going to lie. But I feel like the whole there's been such a strong movement to make it seem like it's a, like whatever you learn in economics and things like that is objective fact and this is exa- this is the word this is like the law and this is how it is mm-hmm. especially people who are like finance bros for example like this is just how it is and then they they create all these math equations to make it seem like it's like a hard science but it isn't it's like very 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 um like subjective it's a social science and also, it's a spectrum as well. Mm-hmm. People like to think that economics is objective. It isn't. In America, they teach economics in a right-wing perspective. It's not an objective, centrist pers- perspective. It's a right-wing perspective. There are some who teach in more centrist perspectives, in a more neoliberal form. Yeah. But, like, there's no one who teaches... There's hardly anyone who teaches economics from a left-wing perspective. And the thing is, there are different schools of thought in economics. There isn't just one central, like, this is how... It's, again, it's not like physics or chemistry where you have, like, you know, like, certain things are just objectively f- factual. That's not the case in economics. There's a reason why there's left-wing economics, right-wing economics, because it's, it's not objective. And I feel like so many people don't understand that. And I feel like they do that on purpose so that people don't question, you know, people when they're talking about economics. And like, I 
a lot of people have been talking about, I've been talking to people about this, uh, how they purposely made economics seem more complicated than it is so that people can think, oh, this is what the smart people are talking about. This must be all true. And this is why I, I brought it all about, this is why I started with the Federal Reserve uh, and connected it to this because I think the Federal Reserve is in a similar situation where it's like, oh, it's all this complicated, like, you know, economic science stuff that we don't know anything about when actually it's not as complicated as people think it is. And they make it seem like it's objective fact when in reality there's different things you could do with that could bring on varying results and could still be good. Yeah. Just because the Federal Reserve says it has to be this way doesn't mean it actually has to be that way. They're just saying that because it benefits them and the people in power. Um, That's my rant. Sorry. You're <laughs> asking me a question, right? Well, I just want to know your <laughs> thoughts on like what you think about, you know. Well, um, I guess multiple different things just going off of what you said. Um what was the last thing you said? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just the general Oh, wait, point. wait. I remember now. Sorry. Because okay. I had that. Do. Uh, I don't know. This is kind of something that I, I heard back when I was more of a finance bro about how Wall Street intentionally obfuscates things and like, and like tries to make things. I don't. That is more of a personal opinion. I don't. I think it's very hard to intentionally like make things more complicated than they need to be, for the purpose of like really like preventing uh, like a certain group of people of n- understanding something. Mm-hmm. I think people create things for a benefit. Right. They create things so that they can circumvent and like create different ways of like profiting off of a situation. Right. Which is kind of like what happened i think in 2008 which is like they have all these different types of securities that they create and they give them like fantastical names but i think that's just because they have to give them like some sort of legit sounding name that way Mm. people are willing to put their money into it because ultimately somewhere down the line some mutual fund manager has to convince some guy with three hundred thousand dollars hey you should put it in this and they're not gonna they're not gonna put it into a thing that is hey uh this is a financial vehicle where we are loading up with a, a thousand different uh d or is it d level no yeah d level mortgages yeah d level mortgages with people who are like you know you know have shitty jobs right they call it something like tranches right they're like do you want tranches they're like yeah that sounds amazing and then they that that's what i don't know if they i mean people say yeah, yeah that, that's fair but I think it's more of an unintentional thing that people mm. do. They f- they feel the need to like level up their sort of fucking vocabulary whenever they're talking about yeah. creating things. Um, that being said, with regard to economics, it just it really depends on like what aspect of it you're talking about. Do I think it's like they are right when they say this is how it is? If you think about economics as, uh. If you think about economics less about as a science and more about as a method of science, Mm -hmm. like, or or, sorry, it's kind of like medicine, right? Medicine in the United States is taught a very specific way. Right. Right. And I learned this from our cousin who went and learned medicine in a different country, but now practices here. Right. Right. They teach it a very specific way because that is how hospitals here operate. And that is how you're supposed to 
think and a bunch of different people operating with different types of you know i learned medicine this way and that way breeds you know discord and chaos and you know failures which ultimately lead to deaths and illnesses or people not feeling well or whatever economics is probably the same way but it's just unspoken It, it doesn't have the severity of medicine right where people die well but no, well, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that, you're not dr- dealing directly with that. Right, right, right. Economics is making money, and so when you want people to learn economics, which is fundamentally how do I justify and know about how we're supposed to make money in this situ- this this country and this in this economy, you want them to know in a very specific way. This is how it's supposed to do it. So you basically build a, a legion of sycophants. <sighs> who think a specific way, right, who think this is how the economy is supposed to operate, and they justify that, and they become financial managers, and then the financial managers advise their investors, us, the people who, you know, work in trying to, you know, put away a little bit of money for retirement, they have to convince us in some way, mm-hmm. right? And the best way to convince us is by thoroughly understanding how the economy operates, and it's only justified by the fact that they make a lot of money, right? Right, which is the ultimate... but. When you say, is it an objective thing? No, but it's not less valid, right? It's not necessarily subjective in the sense that, like, you know, well, I guess it is subjective, but it's it's more like just a different a different approach. So if you ever, like you said, I, I know you, I know the people you're talking to, and whenever they say, oh, this this way is, in, they, they're wrong in saying the other ways are impossible, but they're not necessarily wrong in saying that my way is right. Like their way yeah. is right in the sense that it does produce a certain outcome for certain people, right? And not everybody dies with their outcome, but people are certainly poorer and suffering for it. So, uh, I mean, no, I, I don't think it's objective at all, but it's just like a different, it's like different martial yeah, arts. Yeah, I mean, my problem know? isn't, again, my problem isn't that, it's not necessarily like it's not right or it's not true. My problem is that it's taught as if this is the only, th- this is the only type of economics that is out there. And anything else is wrong, which is just not accurate at all, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there's not th- that the. I just think it's a big problem, and the reason why we have so many problems is that people are in this, um, you know, echo chamber of this is the only way to do things. This is how things are. Therefore, this is the only way to do things. And that's just not true. There's so many different ways to organize a society because I feel like that's what economics at the base of it is. It's just how relations, how different people in a society relate to themselves when it comes to going through life, right? Yeah. And um, well, most people who go through and learning economics at, at at American universities, I mean, that's not what they're supposed to be taught. Like, you can people can say what they want about universities; they're meant to produce like soldiers of a of a sort who are capable of thinking a certain way like you don't go to the marines and be like hey man why are you talk why are you teaching these guys to kill there's different ways to deal with like their job is to kill right in the same way people who go into economics and go into business school their job is to pr- is to produce a certain result to produce profit right and to think of different ways to produce more profit and to think of different ways to justify yeah the terrible system and it's a feedback and it's a feedback loop that create that continues to create this terrible system that we have yeah so like you can't you can't get into it with those people because they they don't understand they is or they refuse to understand because they're committed to a certain way of thinking and they're never going to be wrong enough to change i think 
most of the time those people will never face the consequences of their actions. In fact, they're going to be rewarded. Well, yeah, that's the problem with our system. (laughs) Yeah. You're rewarded for being immoral and being greedy. But it's just like discussing this with them, I almost think, is a waste of time. Like, therefore, it is the same as anything. Nothing ever, I think, ever has been solved through discussion. (laughs) <laughs> what? I think everything has ultimately Oh my god. Everything has ultimately been resolved through material circumstances, right? The only reason people concede and negotiate at the end of wars is because they have been so thoroughly trounced, right? That they are like, war "All right, well now, thing... you know what? We'll consider it." And war it's just is like, not "Dude, the... there's nothing to even consider. You've lost. The only thing you're willing the only thing we're considering right now is to whether that's not true, Nicholas, because uh, if that were true, then there would be so many things that wouldn't have been able to come out without, like, diplomacy is a very important aspect. But ultimately, of, it's defined by material standards. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not saying, like, diplomacy doesn't work. I'm just saying that discussing things are, okay, sorry, that's at a larger scale. I probably shouldn't have used that as an example because at a larger scale, of course, because they actually have, like, fucking shit that they're working with. They have ammunition. They have things outside of just diplomacy that they can use. Behind right. every discussion between countries, there's always that underlying thing of, I have 125 nukes. You have 200. We can blow each other to hell and back. Yeah. You know, there's always that underlying thing. But I guess what I'm talking about more is like one on one interpersonal. Like there's nothing that you can do to him or he can do to you that will ultimately force you to really change your mindset. And it's it's something that is uh, if that were true, then this particular person wouldn't have been switched to a different party, you know? Yeah, he would, because they did. Because the university is offering him material changes, it's offering him money. <laughs> what are you gonna offer him? Okay, but see, that's I. I think that's when you mean one-on-one discussion. You mean only one-on-one discussion? Or are you talking about other things like organizing as well? No, just one-on-one discussion. Organizing is a perfect example of something else because that is the understanding that one-on-one interactions don't. I need more people. That am I wrong? I feel like that is the understanding that me interacting with this person, this politician, me writing him a letter just to myself ain't gonna do shit because he doesn't give a fuck about me, right? So I'm getting more people. I'm threatening him with a certain like, here's how many people I have. Guess what they're all. Guess what their all concerted effort is gonna do. It, so no, I don't think so because I've I've had so many one-on-one discussions with people with different with people of a different mindset there's nothing that you can do like outside of maybe like you can rationalize sorry or you can justify that you're planting a seed Mm -hmm. for them to connect the dots at some point but ultimately humans i think just they just respond to physical conditions right they just respond to material conditions i don't give a shit until you're busting down the door of like 60 other people wielding baseball bats and then i'm gonna be like yeah what about you what about me? You you changed a lot in your political because beliefs. of my material conditions. Because I because I'm was on I was out on my own to an extent, right? Poor, and I realized no matter how many times I tried to pivot to something that made me more money, right? I'm not the type of person that's <laughs> going to be able to enjoy life just purely off of how many dollars I'm making, mm-hmm. right? And then I started to kind of like 
unravel different things. It was more like a, a just a self-discovery of like looking at myself and being like, am I happy? I mean, I'm making more money, but am I happy? No, I'm not more happy. Why am I not more happy? Well, because like the circumstances of human life are not just based off how much money. I don't know. I just feel like that assumption, like I feel like there's something more to human beings than just their own personal material conditions that really like, actually, I think a good example is this election that just happened, right? If, if it were true that the biggest priority that people have is their material conditions and that's going to impact what they decide, then the Republicans should have won by a landslide because the economy is going down. We're heading into a recession. Inflation is up. Gas prices are up. Everything, all the indicators of people not doing well was here. The only exception to that was unemployment. So that could be maybe an, a, a reason why. Um, and unemployment was still down when usually it's up with all the other indicators. But either way, there's other factors that got went into them. The Republicans not doing so well is that like their abortion ban. Their abortion ban is one for Which sure. Is a material condition. I am no longer capable of doing something. I mean, that's all legislation is. But it. But like, is that? Was that? Because when you think about it, it's like most people probably aren't directly affected that by that at this present moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the thought of potentially not having that. I mean, I guess that is a material condition anyway. Uh, I guess you're right. I don't know. I mean, because the other thing... I'm not... Well, here's the thing. I also... The other thing is the, okay. the Republican... Because the Republicans went so far mm-hmm. to the right with some of their social issues like the abortion ban, and also there's a lot of messaging around trans issues, which didn't seem to land with voters as much as they thought they would. So, like, to me, that they seems... Need to, they need to... They need to really fi- prioritize economics, but that's like, yeah, like or just you know bettering different. But anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah, like I think to me, that indicates that they're thinking more than just about their own personal well-being, and they're also thinking about their community and other people around them that they want to. I don't know. I might be reading into that too much because there also was a very b- big youth vote but but i think that that's just kind of like a different type of material understanding people understand that i i don't know i feel like that's anything i say right now is just not gonna really be accurate to everybody but i think that people who have a better understanding of empathy understand that human beings outside of themselves being better off ultimately betters your standing as well because yeah. that results in a multitude of benefits that are peripheral and like unquantifiable. But it's just like if people are happier with their lives, they are less likely to get in fucking car accidents, mm-hmm. right? Because if they're happier with their lives, they're sleeping better. If they're sleeping better, then they're more attuned and they're less likely to, you know, abuse substances and to drink and drive and to sleep properly and not be drowsy at the wheel or not be looking at their phone constantly. It's like a multitude of different things. I don't think most people think about that, but I think on some level, I think most people are aware of that. Maybe Mm. even on an instinctual level, because that's essentially how we got to be where we are, which is just relying on me and six other guys. Right. And we go out and we do something. We bring something back for the tribe and that's how we flourish. I think people have a like an underlying understanding of that, and that's what like drives them to vote a certain way. That's what empathy is. But I think people have some people have just so let 
that part of their brain atrophy, like, and not have empathy for other people. And so, like, be, like, their just psychology is so warped, right, around not it, me. I'm all for myself, right? And it's not even, like, I'm all for myself because I'm selfish. It's, like, I'm all for myself because I'm a fucking pioneer, right? I'm a lone cowboy. And that's just, like, most American thought is, like, I can make – I'm – I, I like Hassan, right? A streamer. He says it. I think the best is like, I'm not poor. I'm a temporarily embarrassed or impoverished billionaire, mm. right? Every ha- everybody has this idea that like, I'm not poor. I'm just like, I'm a I'm a millionaire who doesn't have his millions yet, right? And right. I feel like a lot of people think that way. I mean, I certainly am around a lot of people who think that way on a daily basis, right? And um, I mean. But they're not they're not wrong. They're not objectively wrong. Their method of life is something that you can do, right? And that pays for their lifestyle, they pays for their family lifestyle, right? And it takes care of their loved ones. And sure, it's for the temporary benefit of or it's at the temporary um what is it? The consequences of that is that somewhere there's a certain number of people in the world that you are taking from, right? Yeah. That's it just it's a zero sum game, right? It doesn't matter because they're going to be dead and nobody actualizes those sort of consequences on them, right? Like, I don't even know how to properly describe it. It's just like there's a point in in your life where you do have to make the decision of like, am I going to try and do the moral thing or am I going to try and do the thing that makes me the most money? But even then, like the people who are going through like um, that philosophy of I can do it myself at the cost of everyone else, even then – a lot of people these days can't even do that anymore. Like, I know they yeah. can't even make that choice and still, and they can still end up not being successful at all yeah. and being poor. Well, they like, don't write books and they don't inspire people, right? That's why I, I, I'd always hear that from people who would say, "Well, man, you gotta try it." You know, it's not like people haven't. You know, you just gotta try it and you'll succeed. And I'm just like, uh, like I people at work all the time like recommend uh, recommend these books like oh this person this person this person like they did this this and this I'm like that's because the people who failed because of their material condition don't write books and nobody buys them if they do you know like Like, that's what I tell them all the time it's like for every one example you have of someone who's from rags to riches I have a thousand others or I don't have them but like I can guarantee you there's a thousand others that you never heard of that either died or were never successful and you're never going to hear about them because it is the whole point. The reason it's called exceptional is because it's the exception to the rule. Most people will not get there. And it's not because they don't work hard enough. It's because either they don't have the luck, they don't have the connections and maybe yes, sometimes they don't work as much as they need to, but there's so many fucking people who are so goddamn successful without having to do anything. So it's not a just system in that regard. We don't live in a meritocracy. The people who are at the top aren't there because they deserve it most of the time. maybe some of them are maybe some and i'm sure some of them are great workers have great ideas whatever but they're not any better than the rest of us they just have certain the the things in their life went in a certain way and a certain path that allowed them to be in that place yeah for the most part they have a good luck coefficient exactly like anyone who says that you don't need luck to be successful doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about or is lying right you have to have luck you have to have connections something (laughs) yeah exactly yeah like you have to have luck and connections. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. And I understand like I understand why they have that philosophy because it's a very inspiring philosophy. Yeah, that's how you I motivate mean, yourself. It's how you succeed. Like as much as you and even I to a degree, 
would like to fight the good fight to create a system that's a little that's more equitable for everybody. I mean, it's kind of like you want to, you want us to play so, like soccer, right? But the game that we're currently playing is tennis, right? We have to play tennis. So they have to do their certain way of like rising and grinding and that's how you become successful because there are degree there are certain things in there that do become successful but i do feel bad yeah it's the current system we're in so we have to work with it yeah but like that's not how it should be because the system just isn't fair at all yeah and people say oh life isn't fair it's like isn't the entire fucking point of this shit to like make it better yeah like life, life isn't fair <laughs> we can we can do better man <laughs> like i'm sure a lot of people a lot of fucking kings told their peasants, like, yeah, life isn't fair. Yeah. Do you think we should just leave it, leave it at that then? Yeah, that's good. This is good. Just it's, leave it at that. It's so <laughs> weird, isn't it? It's so weird how people, like, they're like, um, they, they just refuse to acknowledge, like, the one thing that humanity does, even to its detriment, is to move forward, you know, to constantly be innovating. There's never going to be a point where things are going to, as much as I'd like it, and as much as I think it would benefit us to, like, change a bunch of things and then get to a stopping point right we're never going to be capable of that yeah it is impossible for us to ever stop changing things mm -hmm. right um i just it is i think something in our nature and it's just like when people are like well you know life isn't fair i'm like dude we can change we can make it better man yes. we can do <laughs> we can make it work why, or, but it's also just like why are you such a fucking wimp dude <laughs> Why are you so like hell bent on like giving up? Like you, th what I'm saying, I'm you know what I'm hearing. I'm not hearing that you're like a successful guy. What I'm hearing is that you're too fucking lazy or stupid to make a system that works out for everybody work because you're not capable of it. Well, it's because they feel guilty. They don't want to feel my my view on this. And I could be wrong, but my personal view is that they feel guilty and they don't want to have that guilt. So the only way to not feel guilty is to rationalize that the system is fair and that it's their fault and not your fault. But I think deep down, at least anyone who has empathy, like understands that, yes, the system is unfair and that we're, we were lucky to be on the top, but they don't want to acknowledge that and feel guilty about it. So they rationalize this. So like, I feel like subconsciously a lot of people just do it just so they can get out of that guilt. I agree, but I, I also don't think, I, I think that's putting a little bit too much, like giving these people a little bit too much credit. I don't think that they, <laughs> I don't think that they are. You always, you always go the negative route. <laughs> because it's true. I don't think people are as conscious and then guilty. I think people are just straight up unaware. I mean, I and think when they're unaware, are, yes. I think most people are. I think most people, just from dealing with them. I mean, I know the pool of people that you're regularly around are a little bit more cognizant of what's going on, right? Actually, much more cognizant, right? Because you surround yourself with those people. Right. I'm around different people, right? And I'm not saying they're stupid. They're not stupid by any means. They're some of the most intelligent people that, I, that I've seen in the sense that they can make things happen, right? I won't say intelligent. They're m the most capable. Right. Because usually the most intelligent people that I know have their like head in a different direction right right they they usually line up a little bit more with you and i right <laughs> but these people are super capable right and they're super cool they're super super cool <laughs> <laughs> they're super good at creating di different things and succeeding but what they aren't they're not knowledgeable about like the lack of equity because everything has been figured out for them and they don't have to think about it, right? Yeah. And everything incentivizes them not to think about but it. But the thing is, is like, I think it is possible for us to change that with, you know, 
a good strategy on how to convince people to go in the route you want to go, right? The reason they're getting the- there on their own, though, in a certain way, because oh, I'm sorry, you continue. No, with what you're go saying. for it. I think they're getting there on their own uh, if they are a certain level, right? Uh, if they're Level, super, like like if they're super wealthy, like incredibly wealthy, they don't give a shit because they are they play games with like countries. You know, yeah. they're they're playing an entirely different game than us. Right. But I think if you're like a small business owner, right, or something like that, I think it, in some on some level, everybody who's a small business owner was like poor at some point or or something like that. They were in a point, and so they have that in their head. That they're capable of thinking about. I guess what I'm getting around to is I hear people talking about like worker co-ops and like what if we sold the company to because they're getting tired of turnaround time or sorry layoffs not layoffs. What is the word? They're getting uh, tired of like hiring people over and over and over again because Mm -hmm. people are quitting. Right. Because people are. Yeah. High turnover rate. Turnover. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. They're tired of the turnover, and they're like, what if we got we, – we want better quality, right? We want people to give us more money, right? So what if we sold it back to the workers? And I don't have to do anything still, but maybe I make a little bit less money, but I don't have to do anything. But then I don't have to worry about turnover and employing constantly new managers and different shit like that. So I sell – it's like, dog, that's just <laughs> – you're just reinventing social <laughs> – you're just doing what I'm asking you to do, but you don't like it because I use certain words. Yeah. I mean, that's a, marketing is a huge part, right? That's why I feel like you can convince people to do the right thing without necessarily – you just have to know how to get, you know, pitch it to them in the right way, right? You have to know how to manipulate them. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Look, <laughs> I'm not trying to – it makes this sound bad, but, like, it's it, unfortunately the truth is that in order for you – to successfully get the goals you need, you have to I think use, you have to like, it's like you have to give people what they want, right? And you can't like do that. Like, I don't know. I guess it is just manipulation. I think media, I think media, I'm starting to think media is a much more powerful uh, convincer, persuader. Yeah. Um, than I used to give it credit for. Right. And I don't mean like podcast. Well, it can be podcasts, but it's, it's less like straight up like informational and like direct because people will go out of their way to like seek that and it becomes more of an echo chamber. I think like popular media mm. can be a lot more like convincing because it like tells you a narrative that gets you something entertaining, but it lets you it makes your brain force compromises. Yeah. Right. And I think that that like contributed a whole lot to my eventual development of things because i started like connecting dots and maybe that's just like a personal take take on it but um like with people around me you know uh who i'm related to i'll be like why don't you read this book right and it's not like a straight up economics book but it's a book about a certain type of person right the Mm. protagonist carries out certain things and it's just like oh what about this book and you're just like (laughs) slowly eroding at that like you know built up perception because they want to enjoy this thing right they want to enjoy the media and they don't want to have to hang on to this like weird you know prejudice that they have about certain things and so which do you think they will do you think they'll stick to the prejudice and be like ah what this character's gay all right i'm not reading this book 
Or do you think they're going to read 75% of the book, find out that a character is LGBT or something like that, right? And you and continue reading cause, and then they just finish the book because they want to they want to enjoy the medium, yeah. right? And so your brain just has a way of like wearing down those sort of prejudices over time. And I think that applies to a lot of different things, not just social well, principles, but also like economic things as well. It is an important aspect of organizing a storytelling because that's such a powerful thing of like, yeah, maybe you won't think of it from a logical perspective, but if you tell this one person's story, you can kind of like connect with someone on a personal level and get them to... I, I think that happened like, um, uh, you know what? Take it all back. I got a text message that says "Vote for Herschel." I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the program. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're in when this is the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> no, but um, it probably would still be interesting if you were, were turned it right wing again. But um, <laughs> my heel turn. <laughs> it would be a lot more. No, I could. I couldn't even do it. I because there's just no way of justifying it. No, there's not. I'm so completely upset with my life, and so many things have to do with the fact that, like, we just don't offer certain – we don't offer it, – it really is hard. Sorry, I might be diverting. But no, you're good. It's gotten harder and harder, it, like, when I really think about it, to really justify even smaller jobs. You know, like, the fact that I constantly have to produce more profit – uh, then I'm getting paid, right? More value than what I'm getting paid. Right. That seems like just a completely insurmountable task to ask to ask of someone. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want you to get paid less than what you're producing for me forever until you <laughs> die, right? And then hopefully I'll give you a little bit of that value back when you're dead. That way, when you're completely like invalid, you won't like be angry. You know, it's just kind of fucking weird to ask that of every single person who Wage exists. Wage slavery. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it truly is. I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to feel that because I'm, I don't know. I've been thinking about all these different things and it's just like a, why is, why is it so, why does it suck so fucking much? <laughs> why does it suck so fucking much? Oh my God. I can't even. <laughs> this is just, not what we're meant to do. Like I, I saw a tweet the other day of like how you know most almost every other mammal is like hibernating right now. And yeah, like we would be doing that too if we were in this fucked up system that just like dude, we're working why am like I we're working? In the summer. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so fucking. This is one hundred percent against nature, but everyone thinks this is the natural way. We're holding ourselves to the standard <laughs> as a species. We are we are running a race that has no fucking finish line. <laughs> It, and we're just a hamster on the hamster wheel. It doesn't go anywhere. We're coming up with bad Green Day lyrics right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it is so, I guess, <clears throat> fucking frustrating, enraging to think about it. How, like, how we can't just give ourselves. Why can't we collectively give ourselves? I mean, I know why. I know what the reason is. But I'm just, my outrage is, why can we not collectively <laughs> give ourselves a fucking break over... Like, from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day, be like, all right, nobody has to work. Go home with your fam- to your families. We could say that and make it work in some way, but we don't. <laughs> we don't give ourselves that luxury. <laughs> Why? We can do it. Si se puede. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's like, 
I mean, in, like Anna was talking about that in France. Like, in Sunday, like most places are closed and they don't give a fuck. They just do whatever. I know. And like, they also have a very, very, you know, chill culture. Like they don't like closing times are always recommended closing times. So they usually close whenever the fuck they want, right? Within reason. And it's like France is still a perfectly well functioning economy. Pretty good, you know. They're pretty doing pretty well for themselves, and they're not like fucking on fire because they're not working at all hours of the evening, you know. Like it's for some reason in America, they think like if we stop working, everything will collapse. And it's like, my dude, you yeah. like fucking push pins in some random fucking job. I guarantee you, if your job ceased to exist, literally nothing would change. And I think that's the yeah. fact for like most office jobs, and also like nothing for you would change. <laughs> nothing for that guy would change. But what changes is what happened in February. February in 2020 where places were shut down and the the fucking uh the the stock or the stocks everything crashed like yeah. do you remember when that the, it was the biggest crash since 1929 yeah and no one remembers that nobody cares <laughs> i keep on bringing that up and it's just like oh yeah it's just like what are you talking about like, dude we literally had a catastrophic fall in the stocks and nothing happened <laughs> i think that was like one of the main well things. okay so stuff happened but yeah yeah no it it, it that was one of the things that one of the main events that kind of like really, I guess, radicalized me and pushed me more left. And I don't even like saying push me left, push me towards realizing that we need better government, not no government, because like you can't get rid of it. It's impossible. Pandora's box has been opened, right? It is there. You're not going to suddenly get rid of it. That's a fucking fantasy land that you live in. Yeah. You know, like. We can regulate the stuff that is already existent, right? You can't get rid of it. Well, I would argue if you get rid of it, it would make things way worse. So no, agreed. But it's just like even if, even if you could, if you could get rid of it, then we're living in a completely different world. If we can get rid of the government, we can get rid of different like companies too and shit like that. Yeah. But we can't, right? Like we can't suddenly get rid of the government. Like you know that that level of organization is not going to you know come upon us. <laughs> It's so funny to me how people think that, this, that it can actually happen, but um, well, it's because they, they, they are on the cusp. Those people. I used to be one of those people, right? I was like an anarcho-capitalist or something like that, or libertarian to other people. But I'd say anarcho-capitalist. It's because those people are on the cusp of realizing like what the issue is. You know, they think that, uh, you know, businesses represent the people. Right. They think they they think all businesses and all capitalism is us. Right. And everything that's bad. Right. Everything that's I'm telling you what to do is the government instead of realizing that the power hierarchy does not have a binary. It's not like businesses and government. It is businesses and government at the top. The binary is longitudinal, not lateral. It's not like you have businesses in the government. It's like up up at the top. You have them. And then you have us. Right. Yeah. But most people, they, they think that, like, they, they know they want something to change, right? And they think the best way to make that change is to get rid of everything, right? It's kind of like when you have your room, your room is messy and you just want to get everything out. Yeah. Right? Which is like, it's a step, right? It's like just your brain telling you something's wrong. And you're not thinking complex, like, you're not thinking with enough complexity to, to say, how do I need to change this in reality? Yeah, you know, it's 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 a step, and I and I give that to them. But what I hate is that like it takes pandemics, it takes 
terrible economic situations to push those people either right or left. Bro, the pandemic broke so many brains. It's like so, it was. I think the pandemic was one of the biggest political shifts we've seen in a long time. That in that moment, because so many people like either turned way to the right or way to the left after that shit. You yeah. know. Well, it's because they're <laughs> either libertarian because they hate their current circumstances and they want something about it to change, or they're libertarian because. Uh, they hate their circumstances, but they think that uh, people are the reason. Mm. They or they think that marginalized people are the reason. You know? I mean, I feel like there was a lot of leftists who turned right after the pandemic. And really? Like, oh yeah, I've seen it everywhere. And because uh, I'm on, I'm pretty in tune with the online left and all that shit. And and also I have friends who are like that. And there's so many people who like completely like. A, a good example is like a guy named Jimmy Dore, and I'm sure you've heard of him. I've heard that name. Yeah, he's he was a leftist, and now he's just like a fucking crazy. He's anti-vaxer, and he's like praises Tulsi Gabbard and shit like that, and like he's just he's. I mean, just those turning. people are probably right in a certain extent. Like they're those people are a different type of wrong. Actually, you know what? I'm not anti-vax, right? But I can understand the reasoning of not wanting to trust an institution that is putting something into your body well yeah i know right but they also ignore the fact that like hey you eat food right and that food is produced somewhere and that food is has to meet a certain standard in order for you to eat it so if they wanted to put something into your body it's already in there brother (laughs) it's in that fucking i mean the thing is it's like it doesn't even make sense like i also have a deep deep hatred and mistrust for the pharmaceutical industry but like right I know that they're not going to fucking make a fake vaccine because that doesn't benefit them. How are they going to make money off of people? Well, I mean, I can see a way that they can benefit them. How? They make something that is quite literally worthless and they can make for a cent and they sell it to people. It's like snake oil. Mm-hmm. You, you, they, it's like a, a like a tonic. You know, I don't know. That, that that's conspiracy, but I can think of different ways. Here's the thing: I can I can think the way that conspiracy theorists think, but I also know that like you have to offer some benefit, some tangible benefit, even if it's completely fucking useless, or no, sorry, even if it's so small, in order for something to be proper. Well, right? I mean, the thing is, is like or my sellable. my con- my quote unquote conspiracy theory isn't that the vaccine doesn't work; is that they refuse to patent to give the patent out. Or, like, they patented their vaccines and refused to give an exception to poor countries to create their own vaccines. Mm-hmm. So the poor countries could never buy the vaccines and never afford it. Therefore, the COVID keeps happening. And what you do is you wait for the COVID, you wait for COVID to um, mutate in the poorer countries because it's still rounding rampant there. And then with those mutations, you can justify creating more vaccines, therefore making more profit because you have to create more vaccines for the wealthy developed countries. Yeah. That's my... Th- Quote no, I, yeah, theory. I can also, yeah, that also makes complete sense. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is what's happening because that's what they did. <laughs> Why don't we just kill these fucking people? Oh, well, they don't give a shit about people in the poor countries. So, like, you know, as long as those those people in America is great. Here's the thing. I guess that brings. I was thinking about this earlier, and I think about this frequently. There's no way to bring about great change without having a massive class war. There's no way. There's no way to shatter a hierarchy that is capable of rewriting rules for its own benefit. Like if you like we talk about this all the time. And I'm not saying that there's not room for politicians, 
right, to better us because ultimately someone's going to have to write the rules. But there's absolutely no way for anything to change without someone, like, taking up guns like they used to. Like, I think the, one, the, the number one thing, the worst thing that the that our educational incentive, our, our academia has ever done is to tell people that violence is not the answer. Because every single person uh, who has tried to affect change in the world, right, for a benefit – recognizes the benefit of violence martin luther king has done it gandhi has done it even jesus okay but what but the violence wasn't committed by them right no because because people don't because again when you look through that lens right what when you look through that lens when you look through the academic lens when you look through how we learned about those stories who who did we learn that from we learn that from the very people who tell you that violence is not the answer so of course they're not going to hold up hey these are the people who actually brought the fucking house down right who actually brought down the the dictators and who who brought down the terrible things that are happening and really held people to the iron here's the people who came in at the end and i'm again I'm not saying they're not necessary, right? But I don't think that they're anywhere near as uh, important as well, the people who Well, I like, mean, I think Martin, you can't have sledgehammers. You can't have Martin Luther King without Malcolm X, for example, or like the the um, the Black Panthers. Yeah, um, but when you have people, when you raise people in a certain way to only recognize Martin Luther King and only recognize Gandhi and only recognize people who are peaceful, you create a community of of peaceful people when you need both you've essentially raised people who are necessary for the aftermath right but the aftermath is never going to come because you haven't raised any of the of people who are going to knock knock fucking skulls right that's what i mean like i'm not saying like i hesitate to say ineffectual right because that's completely rude and completely without basis but it's more like these guys are at the wrong chapter in the book we need chapter one two and three people and all we have now is chapter four, five, and six. People who want to... Star Wars did pretty well with that. What? Star Wars was pretty successful. I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> I'm going to strangle you with your headphone cords. No, but like... Uh, God, you fucking ruined it. I had a really good point and I just fucking forgot it. Uh, we, don't, we don't need chapters four, five, and six. We need chapters one, two, and three. And... One, two, and three. And there was something else I was going to say. And then you hit me with that absolutely doozy, <laughs> that doozy of a dad joke. Um, uh, I don't even know. You just you need people who are willing to fucking tear down shit, and and they don't. They that is, I think, a necessary part of it. And you just oh, that's what it is. You have a generation of people who want to show what they want to do, right? They want to show it off in posts. I don't want to say virtue signaling, right? No, it's, but a it's lot of it is virtue signaling. <laughs> exactly. But virtue signaling is like a lesser form of like virtue signaling ultimately has its own. It has a benefit, right? You may post something and sure it may be so that you can get. But ultimately you have sent that message out there. You have broadcasted it, right? It's but just you, too much. There's too many. I've seen too many fucking TikToks. And hey, I'm not going to exclude myself. I'm also one of those people. I don't post the shit, but I'm more of like a, a peruser, a, a lurker, right? You see, there's too many people saying like when uh, when the Supreme Court was like when they banned abortions, right? And everybody was like posting their their addresses and, you know, shit like that. Posting their addresses and um, posting pictures and posting their uh, credit card numbers and shit like that. Who's going to do something? Who's going to swing? Someone's got to swing. Nobody swung. 
We because did. everybody is still too scared of losing their current circumstances versus uh, what they have to gain. Well, I mean, we swung. We just swung with protesting and like creating That's not local swinging. legislation. Oh, sorry. That you're that is swinging. But uh, you know what I'm talking about when I mean swing. Okay. Well, I just don't. <laughs> I don't see. So like, I understand what you're saying. And I think it makes sense in a certain way. But I do think my argument that just because that's how things are done doesn't mean that's always how things have to be done still applies. I don't think just because violence has in the past created success doesn't mean that that's what's required in order to create success now. Now, do I think it's going to happen anyway? Yes, I think violence is inevitable regardless because of the, the current trajectory of our country, the mm-hmm. polarization we have. The, the down the downturn of our country in the world standing the downturn of our country internally all of those factors and other factors I think are going to eventually lead to violence regardless of whether we want it or not the question is whether there's going to be enough organized um, like what you said if there's enough um, people after the fact yeah and I think there will be because like if you look at this is this number is a little old so I don't know how accurate it is right now. But a few years ago, like around the time Bernie ran the first time, the amount of young people who said they wanted to get involved in politics was in the high is the highest percentage it had been in a long time, right? So like, it's I think a lot of people do want to get involved, and I think people are getting involved. I think the problem right now is that there's a lot of fractionalization among the people who are trying to make a change, yeah, and there isn't a unifying leader for certain issues for a lot of issues that we need i mean if you look at someone like say i'm just going to take this example and i know people don't like her but greta thunberg for example why don't people like her huh why don't people like her? they think she's a fake or she's not really a good leader or whatever the fuck but like that's the reason why i'm like this is a example of someone who could be a leader for climate change specifically right but because everyone attacks her for one reason or the other it doesn't happen, right? And then it just dies away. So, like, that's I what I mean when I say we need more people who are like the chapter one, two, and three. Because how many fucking, I mean, nothing against that girl, right? At all. I think it's great that she's involved at her age and that she's sending out a certain message. But how many fucking more people do we need who stand up and speak at podiums? Like, we don't. We don't need that. I think we're, we, I cannot stress this enough, and, and this is someone who pro- who's racked with anxiety about the world exploding at any moment. We are currently at the point where it's not, we need to take the gloves off. We can't wait for them. Look how much these people at the top, right, in Congress, look how much time they spend talking about nothing, right, T- like discussing abortion, Right. Abortion, which is like a very like but is a civil right, not an existential threat. Right. A civil right. That is a that that should be small, but it's not small. Right. We're still going back and forth with it. Right. We had Roe v. Wade and then they got rid of it, which means that we have to spend time, money, effort, energy, uh, raising people, teaching people how to think just so we can overturn that again (laughs) before we get to the existential threat. Right. 
the gloves need to come off when it comes to this shit. We can't wait anymore because I don't care how much, like, I know relying on climate scientists is unreliable. But here's the thing. I don't want to keep on pulling that fucking trigger in Russian roulette and keep on, they keep on saying 20 years is all we got. 20 years is all we got. Eventually, we're going to pull the trigger and it is going to be 20 years. Right. And there's nothing we're going to be able to do. We're just going to be able to look back and wish, hey, instead of maybe trying to wait until vote. Right. Maybe instead of that, uh, I actually took action. Right. Because there's a difference between like, you know, oh, the tiger's coming. The tiger's the tiger's in the fucking room right now. Right. He's wanting to eat you. Like, you have to, like, get these people with a sense of urgency and kick in that fucking survival instinct because it's just not, like, I don't think we have that much time. And I think everybody just, like, is kicking the can around thinking that we are and distracting us. Well, they're not kicking the can. I think that I mean, what you said I, is, like, there's a lot of people taking action. It's just, action. it's not violent action yet. And I don't know. I just, I, I think the problem is, is that no one can see how violent action is actually going to solve anything, right? Like... If what you, can you what can you do against a class of people who can buy the entire world right they can literally take every army they want any army they want and throw mm-hmm. it down on you how the fuck do you overcome something like that well it's a point it's a point of self-sacrifice it is the holiest of wars essentially you need here's the thing but i think I understand that's why that you i think despise it's, you despise violence as a means but what i am looking at is the only battle that has ever mattered in all of history which is someone controlling someone else at their detriment right is the thing that motivates you to go into politics and to actually fight for things and i think that it's fantastic what you're doing because people like you are necessary but i don't think that i frankly i'm sorry gabriel i don't think people like you are necessary right now i think people like you are more necessary after things have been shattered and when i can because i can rely on you to make fantastic plans on how things should be but if i if you're asking me do i believe in your ability to make great change over time in time for everybody to truly benefit from it no no because i don't think that people are willing yet to take out the hammers and take out the fucking the billy clubs and fucking try and challenge these people yeah sure they can level every army they have at us but you see how fucking much they're shitting themselves uh shitting themselves over some railroad railroad workers not working that's the stuff i'm talking about but here's the thing and even in this very moment i'm kind of caught in a catch-22 i want this podcast to be successful Right. I enjoy talking to you about these things. I enjoy talking about media. But then when I think about how you truly have to affect change. Right. I'm kind of caught in this catch 22 of do I say the things that I truly believe that need to be done or do I risk, I don't know, getting like getting a knock on the door (laughs) and, and being accused of being a terrorist and like being locked up somewhere for like putting out certain like messages. All I'm saying is the level at which you need to be operating uh, needs to be like, I'm willing to commit some structural damage to company property, right? In order to slow things down and drive and hit them where it really hurts, which is always in the wallet. Always. Not legislature. It always needs to be in the wallet. But that's what it, that's, that is what's necessary because ultimately, what is this? This is a conflict. And I've said this a thousand times. What do we do in conflicts of lesser, I don't want to say lesser severity because it it seems like demeaning, right? Or it seems to denigrate like, or yeah, demean the importance and significance of previous conflicts in history. 
but like this is like class conflict in truly resolving the issues of the world is the largest struggle it is all the struggles no yeah more or less yeah you can boil it down it is always that sort of struggle what do we do in very other Marxist countries of you. what very marxist of you I, I guess so. I never read. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I, I know. Maybe that's is. maybe that's why the whole violence thing is like so difficult, because there's also a very very unspoken but very intense fear of talking about it, because you know who's watching and who's listening. Exactly. And yeah. like, I don't, it's interesting because it's never explicitly said, but it's very much heavily implied that. If you go that route, things are not going to go well for you, right? Yeah. So it's like that's what very, I mean. Very self-sacrifice, strong, strong fear the, around that. Th- that's this is what I mean when I mean. I, we but I don't agree. do it because out of fear. I do it because I genuinely believe nonviolence is the way. I know, I know, because you've thrown yourself into situations with reckless abandon. <laughs> you know uh, that I would not. You know, like at protesters of the opposing party who <laughs> probably have guns and knives. They um, did. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, it it is that it is that fear, but it, I guess and and I and I sound like such a like a bitch because I truly am not willing to execute on any of these things. Like I don't know where I stand in all of this. I know what I believe, I know what I think, right? But I know uh, but I when it comes to execution, when it comes to doing these things, I'm probably not that guy. You know, I don't I don't have that dog in me. You know. But um some days you have a terrible day. You're stuck in traffic, and quite literally everything that I look at reminds me of the larger scale issues. Why do we not have walkable cities? Why am I breathing fucking fumes? We could have electric cars. Why do I have to drive to work? I could be remote. Oh, that's right, because we have terrible online infrastructure. What about public transit? What about public transit? Why do I even have to work? <laughs> Anyways, you have days like that, right? And then uh, it kind of becomes hard not to think about that because you're like, fuck me, I want to do this, this, and that. And then you think about, well, I have loved ones. I have a brother and a sister who want to go off and have a fantastic life. And I can't do that. I can't do that because well, the other thing, I'm right? essentially being held hostage. Because it's not just self-sacrifice. It's also you have to sacrifice other things that, you know, isn't just in your control. Yeah. Like... Like, when you go off and fight the Nazis, right, it's not like the Nazis can take shots at your, you know, uh, mom and dad and, you know, well, siblings. Theoretically, they, the the whole point was that they theoretically could if they took over the world, which is what their whole thing was. That was the whole motive behind going in there. I know, but, like, they can't do that as, like, recompense for you fighting. Yeah, They're going to do that regardless. Yeah. But the whole understanding of, like, hey, if I go out and I do certain things, right, is that it's going to stain the reputation reputation of your family. You're essentially going to become an outcast, and you're going to become, like, the different... T- but I don't know. This is all kind of fantasy land talk at this point of, like, oh, I'd be this type of person. But I just don't want to do that to them. I think, I think, honestly, what's going to happen, because I do not see any strong militant movement on the left as actually militant... Um, is that it's gonna, we're going to have our hand forced. Because I do think there's a strong militant element on the right. And they're eventually going to become, get to the point where it's, violence is just going to explode. And at that point, I think that's your hand will be forced. 
and you will have will have to have some sort of warfare. But the problem is, is that it's not going to be the right warfare because we're supposed to have class warfare, but instead we're just going to be going against each other, yeah. right versus left, when we both have a common enemy, right? Well, not really. They are soldiers of the enemy. Like I mean, there's always going to be like it isn't. I don't. I hate whenever people are like, "Come on, guys, we're on the same side." No, we're not. There is no. This isn't subjective. People think that it's subjective and they're taught that it's subjective because that is yet another way of avoiding having of forcing people to avoid the conflict that is necessary to create change. Right. Telling everybody that they're right and everybody's right creates three types of people. You have people on the right who, who justify the authority. Right. And directly justify the authority and believe in, and th- believe that it is the right thing. You have people on the left who want to change things. The true left, not Democrats. Yeah. Right. And you have people in the middle who try and find some sort of moral sense of justice from by abstaining from cl- from conflict mm-hmm. when they're just enabling. And that just that's still a two to th- uh, two to one ratio of people. <laughs> Whenever people are like, "Oh, it's the right," there are people who are just wrong. About like who is yeah yeah I agree <laughs> I think the thing that I agree like I think there's there is a contingent that mm-hmm. are far gone there's nothing you can do about it right good twenty thirty percent right but there is still people on who are more or less on the right who are more in the middle who can be more persuaded right and like. I'm not saying these people have to become fucking soldiers for the fucking, you know, revolution, but I'm just saying, like, as long as it's more of, like, you need a specific, you need a certain amount of people to, like, actually be the core, you know, base of people who are going to make the change, but you also need a contingent of supporters behind those people, and then a contingent of people who aren't against them, but aren't for, like, who lean maybe a little bit towards them, but, like, basically you want to get them out of the way, right? Because currently there's a lot of people who are going to be in the way of that change. So you want to get those people in the middle or who even lean right and just make sure they don't get in the way mm-hmm. of the change, right? And that's all you really need. So, like, I think it's, like, you don't have to necessarily think about it of, like, oh, I'm going to turn this right-winger into a fucking militant leftist, right? No. You just need to get them uh, on your side enough to the point where they're not going to, like, you know, instead become a soldier for the right or whatever, If yeah. in this, like, metaphor that we're creating uh, about agreed, the military. Agreed, but the terrible thing <laughs> is that those people, the the unfortunate thing is that those people typically have a, have a way of siding with whatever, siding with the side that they believe started the con, or, uh, or against the side that started the conflict. Because, again, but that's their whole be... sense of value, their whole sense of thing is that, I'm abstaining from conflict because I'm a developed human being. Yeah, and isn't that, like, what's going to end up happening? Because the extreme right is the one that has all the fucking guns. Yeah, there's some leftists who have, like... they have a larger media media control over things. You don't think the fucking right's going to spin it to make it... To blame it on... (laughs) Anyway, I feel... I I mean, yeah. That's fair. Talking about a hypothetical here... uh, but yeah, no. I think the only t- the the moment that you're gonna see like probably a a larger militant militaristic left is not when you have like Proud Boys showing up at drag shows, right? Because ultimately that's just kind of par for the course. No, mm-hmm. it's like if you were to have like a true like socialist rally, like a progressive left rally that's not about sociological issues but more about economics. Then they showed up. Then something happened. Then I think you would have it. Because then you would have a lot more people who are, I don't know. 
I don't know what it is, but I, I just feel like you have to have a larger demographic of people hurt by something in order to truly bring out the teeth, you know, and actually, like, make it so that people want to start doing something. They have to see, like, a demographic of there's people, like, being hurt. And I don't know. It sucks, but it's just, like, you have to incur casualties before you have people actually stand up, you know. Like, we didn't join the war until Pearl Harbor. You know, even though it's like, oh, yeah, Hitler's a fucking authoritarian dictator yeah. who's rising to power. It's just like it doesn't matter. Again, it goes back to what I thought what I talked about earlier. It is not about moral or principles. It is about material. They they sunk our Pacific fleet. We're coming after your ass. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, yeah. Yeah. The majority. Because I know FDR. I'm actually reading a book on FDR right now. And Still? he was. <laughs> I'm almost done. Almost done. It's okay. I have like 40 pages left. Anyway, right. no, but he it talked about how he was very much, he really wanted to get involved in the war from the beginning, but he wasn't able to because there was such a strong anti-war um, atmosphere in America at the time. Yeah. So. Avoidant of conflict until, boom, until you have it. That's how people are. That's just, it, it is most people. You talk to anybody, that you talk to someone that you don't know, or that you kind of know at Thanksgiving table, right? What is, what, what, I, I'll straight up ask people, not because I'm trying to start something, but I like to see people squirm. Um, <laughs> no. You really are chaotic neutral out here. <laughs> I kind of like to see people, but it's only if I think they can take it. You know, it's not really like I want to be malicious. It's just yeah. more like I like putting people under a lens and they feel uncomfortable, but then they ultimately know that I'm just razzing them and I kind of want to know. Anyways, I'll ask them. It's like, so where do you where do you lean politically? You know, what's your deal? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> which, which way are you voting? You know, <laughs> blueberry or strawberry? You know, and we don't uh, have to be that non. <laughs> <laughs> that's secretive about it now <laughs> yeah and uh and most of the answers that i'll get with people is like the same which is like oh i'm fiscally this or fiscally, fiscally conservative, conservative but socially, socially liberal. liberal right or i'll get oh i think trump's a complete idiot but you know both sides are bad you know you'll get that and it's like nobody but it's fine, you know. Like I, that's most people because they are avoidant of conflict. That is yeah, everybody I would, now. I am not. <laughs> you no, know, but you're you're not avoidant of conflict. You're avoidant of violence, right? Yeah. Which is a different thing. Yeah. You know, I guess like most people are avoidant of conflict with people. They don't ever want to have like true like discussions unless they really know the person. So, do you think we're ever actually gonna have a, a straight up war here, or like anything similar, like a civil war? Or like a semi-guerrilla war or something like that? Um, no. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think that... I don't think that the powers that be will ever let anything get to a point where it... Uh, Affects their bottom line. Yeah, where it foments into true rebellion. It would have to be something that it can't control, right? It would have to be like... like that is something that has like I feel like the, the right wing extremists right now are something they can't really control. That they a monster that they no I no they are absolutely something they can control. They are fucking like a bull. They, they see red. All I have to all they have to see is like, hey, there's a trans person over there. Ah! Yeah, 
you know, they just go after it, right? That they're so easily controlled. No, what I mean by that is like the same thing that I always fucking say, which is like large scale events, like a virus, like a pandemic, shit like that. They can't control, right? It gets out of hand, coupled with the fact that usually their their way of leadership pairs very poorly with like, um, you know, natural disasters mm-hmm. and things that require people to stop working. Yeah. You know, it pairs very poorly with that. That is the only circumstance. Like if you were to have like, uh, you know, uh, just what would be an example? Let's say that fucking volcano that I'm always wor- worried about in Yellowstone finally erupts, you know. Actually, at that, that, no, at that, at that point, point, we're, we're all, all dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, something like that. Or maybe, like, a major, like... A major storm. Yeah. A major storm. Something like that. Maybe, like, a big tsunami that's, like, once in a lifetime. Yeah, once in that, a, like, destroys generate. New York or something yeah. like that. Like, a major city. Something like that. I, yeah, something like that. Like, huge event. Or you get what I'm saying. Like that is the only time in which I think something like like that will occur, which is usually why like I favor policies or not policies. I favor principles where I'm like, well, unfortunately, we kind of have to sink our own ship before the captain decides which way to point us. You know, like you kind of have to like stick holes in things. That's why I keep on saying the shit that's going to get me incriminated. Right. You have to make it worse before people finally start start to realize the real issues right not just like the symptomatic i mean they are starting to it's just i don't know how long it's going to take yeah but no i don't think there ever will be i think that um like i've said before power hierarchies innovate just like technologies do right except they innovate and we don't really notice that they innovate right but they do you know and so i think just how like just like how the data, like the data-driven world, has made it. Well, I guess this isn't actually a revelation, but it's just like the data-driven world has made it easier for people to like make better or make products that are more desirable and better marketing. They also have a better fucking pulse on the world, mm-hmm. like a like a hand on the pulse and being able to tell what's going to happen. I mean, if you think, but because think about like all the public data assets that there are. You know, like maybe this is conspiracy theory talk, but like that, that that says nothing about like the data driven assets and the data driven programs that they and models that they have that they don't release to the public. Right. I mean, right. think about what is it? Uh, I mean, Russia, Russia uh, had like the the whole thing where they were publishing ads to certain people. Correct. Well, think about that. That's fucking Russia. What did what what does our own yeah, country do to our own people for elections? Yeah, yeah. So, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, nor do I hope for one. No, I'm not hoping for one either. I'm just saying there's a lot of factors. But like, I guess traditional warfare in general is kind of not really the same anymore. I guess except for fucking Ukraine. But I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, except for. Yeah, I I don't even know. Here's the thing. I I say all this stuff. I say all this stuff. I'm an absolute fucking coward. <laughs> okay, I'm an absolute coward. All I want to do is is find a woman who loves me, right? Have some kids with her. Have a job that I don't absolutely despise, <laughs> right? Preferably it's something creative, you know. Uh, and then have some money to like die, uh, like you know, and retire. And that's it. 
Nice. Uh, and I will actively do anything that I'm not going to fight in some sort of like economic holy war. But that doesn't mean that I'm not capable of recognizing what it takes, right? I don't think that it takes a genius to say that, uh, you know, you got to break some eggs before you can make an omelet. <laughs> and with that Southern euphemism, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've gotten. That's a very interesting topic. I don't know how we got to that, but we always do that. Um, well, it's because it always boils down to one thing. Yeah, I mean, you've definitely made a good state, state, you know, case for your thing. I think my thing is still a little. I just feel like I think you're right. That I I will concede that I think there are different roles for different people. Yeah. So I think certain roles do have to be fulfilled. Just like I said earlier, that like the Malcolm X or the Black Panthers to the Martin Luther King, right? But. Mm-hmm. I do think you do also need the MLKs, right? And I, I, yeah, and here's the thing. And, like, I think I'm playing a certain role, and I think other people can play other roles. And I just hope that the thing is what I think we need more than anything else is a leader. And so I think we need leadership to lead us in the right direction. Yeah. And that's what I want to try to help with. And you'd be fantastic at it, my man. Just not right now. I know. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, no, I you'd be good at it. I don't, I don't. I don't like. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or like big my ego over here, but like I just think that, you know, we need something like that, and no one's doing it, so we gotta. Ha- someone's gotta do it. Right? Look, dude, it doesn't take a genius to be a good leader, and I'm not saying that you're not a genius. I'm saying that you're a smart guy, and you'd be a great leader. You know, like it being a good leader just requires empathy, and like a functioning brain. <laughs> you know, like hey, I want to help these people. That ultimately means that I need to probably forego some personal profit and some personal benefit, and so is everybody else. But I think everybody else can collectively agree that, you know, uh, us all being happy together is way better than one person being happy and the rest of us being miserable. Are we all cool with that? Okay, we're all cool with that. Except that's not how the world works, you know, currently. You know, we don't have that type of leadership. People people activate pot of greed. (laughs) God damn, he got him. Yeah, no. I don't even know what the card does. You draw two cards. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I think, yeah. I think it's... Activate privilege. (laughs) But yeah, I think we need need big change. And, And, you know, there's a lot of other people doing it as well. It's just, we need just that extra push. So that's why I'm in it. But, um... Yeah. I think... I'm just I'm I'm definitely worried because I do think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I just don't know exactly how it's going to happen yet. I do think violence is going to be a part of it, not in like not in a way, not like in the sense that like people are going to start a revolution, but more like you know, there's going to be extremists who are going to perpetuate yeah. violence like they already are and it's just going to get worse. Yeah. And like we're going to start seeing things that we took for granted. Starting to depreciate and deteriorate, like the water, for example, because the fucking southwest is like losing water as it speaks. The main, what is it? What's the main water source in the southwest? Um, it's a big lake or like water system, but I don't remember what it is. Either way, that's drying out. So like, you know, see that's they're they're like I think we can't wait on these people to fucking determine whether or not. Should we keep the filibuster? <laughs> hmm. You know what? Give me um. Give me um. Sixty years to figure <laughs> it out. 
It's like, we are dying. We are the fucking physical representation of SpongeBob when he's in Sandy's dome, <laughs> not drinking water. <laughs> yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> There's a whole... up, SpongeBob. <laughs> There's a very cool, That's like. That's literally what it is. That's literally. It's like, I don't need it. SpongeBob, go vote. Pinky up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> don't fu- don't don't like fuck on voting okay voting is important as well yeah, voting's important but it's also you can't deny that it's not the best thing that we okay can do. yes it's not the only thing but we if we don't do it it's even worse right agreed 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 but yes okay anyway <laughs> so yeah thanks everybody this is a quite the conversation so I, much of this is going to be redacted yeah i know this is going to be the most edited fucking podcast episode i've ever done but <laughs> i wish there was like you guys won't even know why you will know why actually. No. you probably can guess <laughs> and the, <laughs> this is good i want like the audio version of like when the government like takes the black marker to, to government <laughs> yeah. documents i'm just gonna bleep it yeah i think that we should and then we should and then and then we take his <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be a funnier. We should do that. <laughs> Twenty minutes of murder. <laughs> Twenty minutes of white noise. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. So we're gonna do a thing where we're gonna record. Uh, we missed. I don't know if you noticed, but we missed a week. Um, I was, you know, in Colombia, so we couldn't really record. So we're gonna do two episodes in a row this Sunday and then the next Sunday for the Christmas episode. Woo. Ooh. And then happy holidays everyone. We're going to take a break for I the holidays. I fucking love Christmas so much. I know, right. So, we're going to probably not going to have another episode until the new year in like mid-January, but um hopefully you will be looking forward to our Christmas episode coming out next week. So, until yeah. then. But yeah, everyone, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week and um if we don't see you, happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays, happy new year, happy Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Hanukkah. Hanukkah too. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an atheist, happy have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.